Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. Our second reading is from the book of Revelation, chapters 21 and 22 selected verses. And in the spirit he carried me away to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. People will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations. But nothing unclean will enter it, nor anyone who practices abomination or falsehood, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be found there anymore. But the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And there will be no more night. They need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's Thanksgiving week, and that means it's time to turn on the holiday movies. If you're like me, you always decorate your house with a movie running in the background. And I've got my favorites. You might have yours too. You might be partial to the Hallmark Channel where you can pick up a few gems like these, the Nine Kittens of Christmas. Zachary and Marilee are thrown together at Christmas when they must find homes for a litter of kittens. Will they also find the perfect romance? Or Christmas in Harmony. Harmony auditions for a Christmas chorus only to find that it's being directed by her ex-partner. By Christmas Eve, they could be harmonizing in the key of love. These are real movies that you can watch this year. Or maybe you prefer a comedy like Elf. Buddy, a human raised by elves, travels from the North Pole to New York City to meet his biological father who is in desperate need of Christmas spirit. Or the classic Chevy Chase's Christmas Vacation. The Griswold family's plans for a big Christmas turn into an even bigger disaster. The list goes on and on. You might watch It's a Wonderful Life or A Christmas Story. There are a lot of Christmas movies. The thing about these movies is they have some, some plot points in common. Our imperfect but lovable hero discovers new truth, reconciles with family, finds true love, and saves the day, all within a neatly packaged 90-minute block. And we know how they all end. Everyone lives happily ever after. We are obsessed with happily ever after. 
And that obsession is not a new thing. You might even say it's human to hope in the future. We've been hoping in the future for millennia. First century Christians had their own brand of happily ever after. We read about it today from our New Testament reading. Now, the book of Revelation was written about 95 AD by someone named John. We know that John had been exiled to the island of Patmos. This is off the coast of Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey. While he's in exile, John receives a vision from God, and he writes that vision down in the form of a letter addressed to the seven major churches in Asia Minor. That letter and the vision he describes becomes the book of Revelation. If you've ever tried to read Revelation, you know it's a bit unique. It's not like any other book in our Bible. It's certainly not like the other books of the New Testament. It doesn't contain a biography of Jesus' story. It doesn't try to construct any sort of systematic theology. It's vivid and gory and confusing, and it's very loud. There are a lot of loud noises. When you read it, you will feel sensory overload. And if you do, rest assured, that's the point. Because the writer of Revelation isn't trying to argue a particular opinion or tell a very coherent story. They're trying to give you a sense of the wonder and awe that he felt in the presence of God. Our reading today skips over all of the messy stuff. We skip right to the end of Revelation. These, uh, these, this passage is almost the very end of our Bible. There has been a struggle for good and evil. The war has, is, is already over. The brokenness of the world has been restored. The kingdom of heaven has come. And John describes what it feels like to live in that kingdom. These are some of the, the ways he describes it. The city walls are made of jasper. The foundation of the city is studded with precious gems. The roads are paved with gold. The gates of the city are made of pearl. It's a city of extravagant luxury. Have you ever experienced extravagant luxury? The first time I visited Berlin, Germany, I stood on a street corner and gaped at the cars that sped by. I grew up in a small, sleepy town among people who drove Fords and Chevys. My favorite car as a kid was a 1992 red Camaro. But here, in this place, every other car was a Mercedes-Benz. I didn't even know anyone with a Mercedes-Benz. That would have been astonishing enough, but then, I saw one of those beautiful, glossy, ivory Mercedes sedans pull up to the curb in front of a restaurant. A couple got out of the back seat and handed money to the driver, at which point I realized that in Germany, Mercedes-Benz are taxi cabs. They are a dime a dozen there. But for me, it was extravagant luxury. Now, maybe it's not a taxi cab in Berlin for you. Maybe your extravagant luxury was the toilets in Tokyo. Toto is the official toilet producer for Japan. Toto makes toilets that have more technology than your smartphone. They are heated, they're wired for sound, and they can wash, rinse, and repeat, if you know what I mean. 
You don't have to go far to find one of these toilets in Tokyo. They have them in the airport. I know that because I spent 15 minutes in a stall once because I had to push all those buttons. It was an extravagant luxury. And this is the vision John captures in Revelation 21 and 22. Now, if the streets are made of gold, just imagine the taxis and the toilets there. This city is an amazing city, a vision of paradise restored. We have a lot of visions of paradise in our scripture. Maybe the first one is Genesis chapter 2. We read that God creates a garden. God creates human beings and puts them in that garden. And in that garden are plants and animals, birds and rivers, and two trees a tree of knowledge and a tree of life. And that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, as soon as it shows up, we know this paradise isn't going to last. The tree offers Adam and Eve a choice. And because they are very much like us, they make the wrong choice. They choose the fruit, the poison of pride, ambition, and deception. And God's perfect creation is broken. We live with this brokenness today. Last week, several of our pastors attended a mayor's prayer breakfast. This is a monthly gathering of religious leaders from around the city of Marietta. I've attended these breakfasts for the past two years, and for the past two years, they've been hosted at area churches. This week, the breakfast was hosted at Temple Cole Emeth. Our topic for the morning was how to become an ally to our Jewish neighbors in light of the recent acts of anti Semitism in our community. Now, it's one thing to read about or hear about or see a video about anti Semitism. It's another to share a meal with someone who's experienced it. And it's appalling that in 2021, we still struggle with the temptation to dehumanize one another. And we all dehumanize one another. I do it, you do it, we all do it. It's the Republicans. They're tearing the country apart. No, I think it's the Democrats. No, it must be the Gen Zers and those YouTube influencers. Maybe it's the baby boomers. I think it's really the millennials. They invented social media, and look where it's gotten us. It's CNN, it's Fox News, it's MSNBC. Over the last year, we've even found a new way to be divided over a piece of cloth. And it's not the first time. Last week, we celebrated Kirkin of the Tartan. What you might not know is that for several decades, the use of tartans was severely curtailed because it was associated with rebellion against the crown. We take human beings made in the image of God and we slap a label on them and then judge them for it, for even the smallest things. This is something Jesus most expressly did not do. We even label the people we love. For some of us, the holidays are a time to catch up with family and friends. For others, it's a prologue to the train wreck that will be Christmas. It's funny because it's true. 
And if your family situation isn't ideal, take heart because Jesus, even Jesus, had his own family struggles. We are broken people in a broken world. Instead of offering care, we offer criticism. Instead of help, we inflict hurt. Instead of listening, we offer our opinions. And instead of loving one another, we seek to control one another. All of this is true, and all of this is painful, but maybe the greatest heartbreak of Thanksgiving is the seat at the table that's empty, either because our loved ones aren't with us or because they chose not to come. Our lives are full of disappointments, dead ends, despair. There is fear lurking around every corner. There is death lurking around every corner. And if you felt that sense of anger and unfairness and disappointment, it's real. We are constantly aware that there has to be a better way constantly aware that our life isn't quite what we had hoped. We long for happily ever after. It's this promise of happily ever after that brings 60 million people to Disney World every year. The Magic Kingdom bills itself as the happiest place on earth. And you can go there You can drive to Orlando, park in the magical parking lot, walk through the magical gates and into the main square. And from the moment you enter until the moment you leave, Disney will manage your customer experience to ensure it's as happy as possible. And yet, if you've been to Disney World, you know that Disney cannot control everything. You will wait in line for Space Mountain your teenager will mouth off to you, your toddler will scream in your ear as soon as the show at the Carousel of Progress begins. That's very specific, and I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Your shoes will rub blisters on your feet until they bleed, and you will forget the sunscreen. Because the Magic Kingdom is full of very non-magical people. A few years ago, an actor dressed like Tigger punched a guest at the Magic Kingdom. Big scandal. You can't have the characters punching the guests at the happiest place on earth. So they found a new Tigger. But they'll have to keep finding a new Tigger over and over again because mere mortals cannot deliver heaven. Those heartwarming holiday movies and the Magic Kingdom are the same. They are both mirages. And our souls need more than a mirage. We need more than Cinderella's castle. We need the rightful king on the throne and the saving love of Jesus in our lives. We need a happily ever after, yes, but we need the one that only Jesus can promise and only Jesus can deliver. Here's the good news. That happily ever after has already begun. We glimpse it here every Sunday 
When we gather for worship, confess our sins, pass the peace and grace of Christ to one another, we are enacting our hope for what this world ought to be. Maybe we are even enacting what this world was intended to be. Way back in Genesis, when God saw all that God had created and said, it is good. Yes, families should love one another. Yes, the hungry should be full. Yes, the vulnerable should be empowered. Yes, the dying should be restored to life. This is why I need the vision of Revelation, and this is why I think we all need it. We need the reassurance that this messed up, broken world is not the end of the story. It's not the end of our story. That deep longing in our hearts for something more will be filled. We will find our way to that perfect paradise where the taxis are all Mercedes-Benz and the toilets are Totos and every person will sit under their own fig tree in a leather lazy boy recliner. That's my version. It would be wonderful to live in that kind of luxury, but that stuff doesn't even matter because God lives next door. See, this vision isn't about gems. It's about the luxury of being in the presence of God, the luxury of our world made right. The kingdom of God is at hand. Friends, the promised land is just over the horizon. Today we glimpse it in part. Tomorrow we will experience it in full. And for now, we rejoice that the promise of our King and Savior is true. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.